There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for Rotten Treasures. Hello, and welcome to Rotten Treasures. Uh, we watched Home Alone, The Holiday Heist. Uh, I'm Jim O'Donnell. With me always is uh, Kai Bobby. Yellow. And our two special guests, two very funny Philadelphia comedians. Yeah, Micah, <laughs> very funny. Uh <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> you made a face. I looked at your face and you were like, uh, are we? And I was like, yeah, you guys really are. Uh, How funny so, are we? Very funny? Very funny. You guys are the TBS of Philadelphia comedians. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, okay, so with with us is our guest, Mike Savitsky. Yo. And Noah Levine. That's me. Yay. What, what is y'all uh, relationship with the Home Alone series? Uh, well, Home Alone for me, like Home Alone 1 and 2 were like, I feel like they were pretty back to back when I was a kid, right? And like my parents had to be subjected to me wanting all kinds of tape recorders because of it and stuff. So yeah, those two in my childhood and then never again until last night. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's everybody. <laughs> yeah. I, that sounds I right. Definitely saw Home Alone 3, maybe on a VHS tape. Um, and I must have seen Home Alone 1 and 2 as well. My mom didn't like them because of the slapstick violence, which I'm sure you have discussed as you go through. And in particularly in this one, I felt like these these three poor people did nothing to deserve the kind of terrible treatment they receive uh, in this house. I will say I've, I've noticed this with our guests that a lot of them, their parents don't like them watching the Home Alone series. This happened a couple <laughs> times, actually. Yeah, that's real. Huh. My parents I mean, didn't restrict me on anything, so, like, not nearly as much as they should have, so violence sure wasn't going to be the thing that made it, them be like, you can't watch that. It's not that I wasn't allowed, but it's like my mom wouldn't sit there and watch it with me because she'd be like, this is bad. Oh, okay. This is bad for you. I was going to say, I watched a lot of, like, Three Stooges growing up, and oh, they yeah. were like, well, as long as you don't hate your sister, it's fine. <laughs> just, I just think back on like the first one, and it's I don't know, it's so wholesome. There's definitely the the backbone of the I love you, mom, and I'm I ultimately I still miss my family thing. So like, I don't mm. know I, that one at least I can I can see seeing the the trailer for the third one and being like absolutely not, just this is just bonkers. Because uh, I don't know, it looks for me that's a little bit more violent, but maybe I'm mm-hmm. wrong. Mm. I agree. Well, we, well, we talked about that when we watched it because yeah. I actually I think uh, I'm. Very similar with Noah. Uh, I think I saw the third one way before I saw the first two, because I didn't really see the first two until I was like t- 25. Well, the third one is when they first had a different kid than Macaulay Culkin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure like as a youth, I was probably saw that. And I was like, this is fake. This isn't the real Home Alone. It's not the same person. Has anyone identified <laughs> that kid yet? Do we know who was the kid in the third movie? Alex Pruitt. <laughs> I can't remember his last name, but famous I famous actor Alex, Alex Pruitt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I honestly I forgot it. Something. I forgot it already. Is it Max? Is it what's his Max? What the the one other movie that he's known for? We talked about it. Oh, oh, Max Keeble's big move. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I finished oh. this movie today, HBO was like, "That's what you want to watch." Is you want to watch the kid from Home Alone three in another movie? And I was like, "Nah, I'm good. <laughs> not doing." That. I barely wanted to watch this movie. Yeah, no, that's that's not gonna happen to me. Algorithm fail. Mm-mm. So this movie wasn't great. No, this one I, in particular. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were gonna like wait to the end to be like get our hard opinion, but my hard opinion is bad, bad movie. Oh, <laughs> I wrote down thirty seconds in. I stopped the movie and wrote, I hate this. 
<laughs> there's a lot of good content on HBO Max. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to watch Lovecraft Country, and I'm really excited that they're doing new seasons of the Great Pottery Throwdown. But if you don't have an HBO Max account, it is worth it to get it just to see this movie. It's wow. terrible. That's your hot take? <laughs> That's my hot take. <laughs> so we welcome, Max. Yeah, we welcome as many hot takes as you want. We don't care when they are. Um, honestly, you can change your mind. We're here to maybe persuade the other person to... If you want to push that it's the best movie ever, that's it's fine. Not. For it. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's not. not. <laughs> but you you will not have a bad time. No. Especially, like, as we start moving from Halloween into Christmas, for people that, like, cr- Christmas movies, mm-hmm. this is still has, like, a bit of Halloween spirit. A bit misplaced. Yeah. I, I did love that there was a little bit of a haunted house element to it. Even was, though... Go ahead. I was mad. I was like, this is so <laughs> much set up for the horror movie that is not going to happen and that I'm not going to get. Mm. <laughs> I I would have it would have completely blown me away if it turned out there was a ghost. Like the ghost of Deadleg was like, I saved you all along. Goodbye. Great. <laughs> no, I desperately wanted that at the end. I just wanted to just kind of twist it right at the end and give me that. But oh, no. like if if everyone just like was like, what are you talking about? Your sister? She died three years ago, and the sister was like, <laughs> she died. She died in the vault years ago. <laughs> I was actually thinking of um, like the end of Scooby Doo Alien Invaders. When they like catch I think the aliens, I have seen that. yeah, that's the one where they catch the aliens and they're like, "Oh wait, they're just guys a mess." And then two people that were with them the whole time were like, "By the way, we're aliens." And then I was hoping that was gonna be it, like the they were gonna be like, "Oh dang it, these robbers weren't ghosts." And then like then the sister would take her face off and be like, "I was a ghost all along." <laughs> Can I also say that we should be on the lookout for adult content because this received a PG rating and I noticed it flashed up and one of the reasons was quote adult content. Ooh. Which doesn't seem like it makes sense because PG is specifically like not adult. Right. I think it was probably the sexy elves at the party, right? I was mm. just about to say that. Sexy yeah. elves at the party, the whole like talk of booze like Drunk the sister boss, yeah mm-hmm. from and the great ed asner the oh. only actor in this movie that's been that people might recognize i don't no, know no no michael mcdowell oh well yes uh for malcolm me, for me he's the character he's the actor that i'm like i know you were in like everything when i was a kid but don't ask me to name any of it <laughs> which one michael mcdowell or ed asner michael mcdowell yeah mm, yeah no i have no idea i couldn't pick a single movie out of a lineup he's most famously from uh clockwork orange Yes, that's his big movie. And he was playing that character in this film. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I think, honestly, I think there's a whole, like, you could connect any movie to the Home Alone universe, in my opinion. I think it's all in the same universe. <laughs> so, Kyle, I'm going to just throw a couple of movies at you, and you're going to try and co- uh, connect them to Home Alone. <laughs> sure. Jurassic Park. I was just going to say that one! <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, geez. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um... I'm going to say that Fuller is actually uh, genetically part dinosaur. I, I'm going to go with that. I'd actually, <laughs> that's the worst. Okay, so we're not going to, we're not going to ground this at all. We're going to, we're, we're, <laughs> we're just no, going to just make shit up. I mean, I guess I'm just trying to think, it, honestly, you could say that they have the same grandfather. I think that would be good because we never really learned about the McAllisters. I don't know if we ever learned the the older scientist gentleman with the, the resin cane. What's his name? John? John's. Oh, oh my God! What is his name? 
he's like the most famous guy in the movie. He's the doctor that owns the island. Yes. I mean, Hammond. Hammond, yes. Either that, or I would really love it if Uncle Frank was uh, also uh, brothers with Jeff Goldblum. I think that would work out well for me. Um, but I guess actually, no, they would just be one of the many. He could use like a, a funny uncle. So honestly, in comparison to the amount of abuse he gets, I think I'd really like to give. I'd like to give Kevin that. Really, anyone could be brothers with Jeff Goldblum. That is a possibility. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know that might. Be. Remember how we said hot takes at any time? That was my hot take. <laughs> Oof, what a hot take! People could be brothers with people. <laughs> Did you guys um, like anything in this movie? <laughs> yes. I mean, I, if we count to three, we're all gonna say it, right? Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Ready? One. One. Two. Two. Three. three. Snow, Snow kid. kid. Yeah. Oh. Jim, what, what did you say? What did you say? The college kid. I loved him. Oh. Uh, uh, the weird uh, college kid that was, like, simultaneously, like, the, like, friend character and, like, sort of the equivalent of the first two movies, like, old, sad, lonely person, but, right. like, 20. He was so genuine. I loved him. I actually thought everybody who wasn't a member of this family did a phenomenal job in this film. <laughs> in terms of okay. their performance i get yeah, that I, I didn't hate like 20 some odd like what is that guy maybe in his like late 20s early 30s like i i relate to this like you know take out food everywhere playing video games life i've lived it um he's in his early 20s because he's in college oh yeah okay never mind i guess that's in college but he lives alone above a chinese restaurant and can't afford to go home to his family for christmas in an apartment that we're like meant to believe is like gross because there's like some containers but it's a super nice apartment like also this character does not shoot a single frame of footage outside of this one room oh that's great (laughs) they could only afford him for literally one day it's his real life apartment (laughs) <laughs> i was expecting him to go like rescue kevin McAllister, but uh or whatever finn whatever the fuck his name is oh yeah uh, it's not kevin uh but yeah no I, I, i'm perfectly fine with the way things planned out go ahead <laughs> i i was just gonna say yeah i thought he was gonna go save him too yeah but he I was three thousand miles away which means he's in probably california mm. and right it was always the same time. Like, it was not always nighttime and nighttime or daytime and daytime. I was like, that's not right. Well, given that this film takes place in Maine, really what it should cross over with is all of the Stephen King films. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, this is just one town over from the town in It. He's Dark. just so lucky his family didn't move into Derry. <laughs> <laughs> he was so close. <laughs> and, I mean, that's where the haunted elements came from. Yeah, it's like so much setup. Like it's in Maine. They're talking about murders. They're talking about ghosts. No horror movie elements whatsoever. Could Stephen King have ghost written this? <laughs> eh, ghost written. Mm. Uh, mm. I hope not. Stephen King's other son wrote it. <laughs> not uh, <laughs> Joe Hill. Not Joe Hill. Don King. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <that's Yeah>. <laughs> also, how cruel is it when your Carol. last name is King to name your son Joe? Like, of course, he's going to pick a different last name when he goes to write things. Right. Joe King. <sighs> Stephen King is not the most clever man in the world. No. He's he's great at character. That's that's basically his big shtick. I think I've he's, read the first 30 pages of, like, three of his books, and that's about it. 
Well, he said in his book on writing that he doesn't pre-write, that he just starts writing and like he doesn't pre-plan, pre-plan the plot at all. And it's like, yeah, I know. I've read literally any Stephen King novel where the <laughs> ending just is like a bunch of loose threads never getting tied together. Yeah, that's exactly what happens at the end of every single one of his books. You're like, and scene. And you're like, was it a scene? <laughs> like I read The Shining and I was like, is why is this like weirdly a happy ending? And also, why does it explode? In, and then like... The spirit, excuse me, <laughs> the spirit of the hotel like comes out of it, and you're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the hotel in The Shining is Trump Tower from Home Alone 2. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I don't know what it is, but the so the other thing we were all shouted at the same time was Snow Kid. Jim, are you okay? You gonna be alright? I'm sorry. I just I just put something together. Okay, um, go ahead. So Revelation. first of all, <laughs> no. Wait, well, we want to like, talk about Snow Kid. We want to no. talk about Snow Kid. No, no, we we'll get I, there. We we'll get there. Well, I'll talk. We'll talk about Snow Kid in just one second because there's one more Stephen King thing I have to say. Ready. This is definitely influenced by uh, The Shining because they go up to like that big hotel in the mountains and get snowed in, much like The Shining, and the movie opens with an homage to The Shining. Oh, the, the op- traveling on the highway. Yeah, it's it's them on like the mountainside kind of with the with the helicopter shot. Yeah, it like like I said, it's just so much horror movie energy. I generally have not seen a good movie in the last ten years that has started with a family driving somewhere in a car together. It's like a budget way to establish the family, where they're going, what they're up to, what their status quo is. I think I like, I like the ones where the kid's kicking a chair, and it's like, Mom! <laughs> this Make was written... Stop. I was going to say, this was written by someone who had no idea what video games were. Oh, my God. <laughs> or movies. No. Or Christmas. I have written in, like, <laughs> like, 20 places just, like, my reactions to, like, like, video games don't have level numbers anymore, and he's, like, playing, like, this weird fake doom on a PSP and it looks yeah. way too and it's just like talking about like I'm going to reference this really made up sounding nonsense instead of Dragon, talking about reality yeah warriors like dra- and dragons and <laughs> gear also, 3 or something like that he also gotta, has like zoom calls like through it which always yeah. confused me I don't know how we can have video chats in 2012 were we doing that through video yeah also chats? way nicer than anything we have now yeah right also, when you type to someone, first of all, he types way too fast for using a controller because <laughs> that normally the thing would come up and then it becomes the most intrusive thing because it fills up the entire screen. Because yeah. you're just like, oh, I guess some 12 year old kid wants to call me an idiot. So I guess I have to look at that. And that's right. all I can look at right now. And when he eventually ends up talking, what's the guy's name that his like screen name that our main character keeps getting beaten by this guy in this online game. And he remember. says it, the champion, like, the unkillable, maybe? Mm-hmm. I just remember that uh, he had pulse grenades. That was Yeah, it. he used pulse grenades. But when they finally, like, talk to each other for the first time, the college guy is shocked that he's talking to a 10-year-old, and the 10-year-old is shocked that he's talking to a college guy, as if, like, the people that play these games are not just 10-year-olds and college kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so... That actually, that's that was my life. I was at Call of Duty, um, like just all about it until like 5 a.m. in the morning regularly in college. And I did yeah. have this one kid um, that was just harassing me. At one point, he go like he goes, ha ha ha, I'm from America. I like hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. Overkill. Remember, all, Captain yeah, Overkill. All, 
After that was all it. The, like the horrible names and like harassment through it all. That's the thing that like really left me unsettled. Did, were you like eating late night takeout, late night like fast food drive through? I would say or, that's probably was my regular life. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I mean, I I drink Code Red regularly, and it was pizza boxes and good times for Kai. Woo! Uh, but I prestiged like ten times, so <laughs> that means something. I was doing yeah. fine. I watched um, on Netflix the other day the new Korean zombie film Hashtag Alive, where he gets stuck in his apartment in a zombie apocalypse. I told you about this, Michael. Don't make that face. Uh, and I like how he like runs out of food on day three, but he still has a fridge full of energy drinks because he's because he's like holed up in his apartment playing online games. We all know how. So okay, Snow Kid. <laughs> now that we're off of uh, Stephen King, Snow Kid. And now Snow Kid. Snow Kid. <laughs> so remind me, Snow Kid won Best Supporting Actor in 2012 for his okay. role in well, Home Alone Holiday Heist. I was going to talk about Snow Kid because we were talking about scary Stephen King, and that kid actually bugs me out. Like he's when they put uh, like bad person Jessica inside mm-hmm. of the snowman, mm-hmm. it was so jam packed she couldn't leave. And in my mind, I was like, if the police her by the time he put the head on that's the, i don't know he gave me the kind of vibe that that would have just been where she was for a while like she, i don't know just like hi like just so disconnected every single time you talk to the kid you just i don't know Bug me. i i actually i thought it was super weird when she was in the the snowman yeah and like she's packed it it's so tight that she can't get out which i thought was actually pretty funny and um but then the police come and then she pretends to be asleep and then the police just like go on by like, yep, nothing to see here. Just a uh, just an asleep woman inside of a uh, <laughs> inside of a snowman. Got to go. And then she starts calling for help. Is like, you got away with it. You could have been the only one to get away with it. Girl, yeah, I I have a lot to talk about that. But in general, Snow Kid as a kid whose only interest in defining feature was snow. <laughs> spot on. He's like the Bubba of this movie, right? It's just like his one defining characteristic is being able to just list snow things forever. And that's all you need to know about him. It's like, yeah, we we play snow board games and we play (laughs) (laughs) we live in snow houses and we eat snow cereal. And like, that's all you need to know about him. There's another boring version of this movie where he's the main character, where every trap is snow related. (laughs) (laughs) Snow alone. Uh, uh, he also saw them come in, like break into that house a bunch of because he's all he does all day is sit behind a wall of snow and make snowballs. And then he watched three people break into this house a couple of times. And was just like, everything's normal here. We also never saw Snow Kid's parents. So I wonder if you go into the house, there's just the two snowmen with two suffocated parents inside. Just kind of melting <laughs> <Jesus>. slowly. <laughs> When Kevin McAllister walks by, uh, which I'm going to keep calling him because, honestly, I'm going to forget what his real name is. I don't Finn, care. Finn. Finn. Mm-hmm. Finn. Finn yeah. Dolphin. When he walks Whoa. by and he was like, hey, do you like you want to build a snow fort or whatever? And he's like, can't. Like, there's a bunch of art thieves inside of my house. I'm the only one that can defend him. He's like, OK, cool. Bye. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> he's just a future improviser. He's just yes. And that kid, he's just yeah. like, OK, you're doing that. Well, oh, I want to pull back real quick to the things that he said that he liked snow related, um, uh-huh. because he said, like, I like to build snowmen, make snowballs, uh, go snow sledding, design snow forts, go snow skiing, make snow angels. And this is the one that got me. Start a snow avalanche. Is he referring to like a real avalanche? <laughs> um, and then also uh, play hide and go snow. 
I want to know what that game is. <laughs> I want to play it. I thought it was super weird. He referred to sledding as snow sledding. Like, is there another kind of sledding? I don't think so. No. Hide and go snow. One is where you hide full size replicas of yourself made out of snow in other people's houses mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and wait for them to find them. Why do they call it hide and snow sleep? Hide and snow seek. Hide and snow seek. Marco Snowlo. You should play Marco Snowlo. <laughs> so I've actually played this game before. Play hide and go uh, snow was actually when I used to just do cocaine by myself and didn't want to share. Okay. Okay. That's that was what I did. But this kid, I don't know. Maybe that's his like that's his deal. It could be. He's Mike, a very, pe- your guess? very peppy kid. <laughs> Also, I was trying to figure out for my own, because every time I referred to him in my notes, I was like, the gay snow kid. So I was like, is he, like, am I just getting a vibe, like, young child actor? And I, I actually went so far as to find his Instagram. No real defining anything. He just still exists and is still pretty young. So all about that snow life. All that yeah. snow life. I mean, I was complaining in a previous episode about how we don't have a little gay Home Alone, and I want it. That's, that's, I want a little gay Home Alone kid. We'll get there. Home Alone. <laughs> that's a different movie noah once again on this podcast i'm I'm willing i'm going into incognito mode i bet that exists already (laughs) (laughs) thank you for checking there are credits i'm not gonna look at it (laughs) oh my um so snow kid you talked about the woman who gets trapped in his snowman which is like he kind of saves not kevin at, at a very important part in the movie but he he has this like weapons grade snowball <laughs> throwing device mm-hmm. where he like cranks the thing and it and it keeps hitting her with snowballs and it's colliding with another plot moment which is the, that villain character is getting a call from her long lost boyfriend <laughs> yeah who she hasn't talked to in forever and every time she gets hit by a snowball she says something like god oh no get lost beat it kid that's enough like and it's supposed to be like oh no the misunderstanding on the phone call he thinks she's telling him to beat it and i'm like why does she not go around the car to the other side hang up the phone shout other things explain what's going on any of these things because this entire movie is nothing but a string of poorly constructed miscommunications so (laughs) much like when college kid calls the mom <laughs> oh, no yes and, and he's, he's like the child is in danger and she's like what do you mean you're gonna murder and rape my child <laughs> she jumped to a lot of conclusions <laughs> well she's also, like you're murdering my child and he's like i didn't say that no i'm trying to save your child i love that he went right back to video games as if there was going to be no consequences and then an entire <laughs> swat team shows up to his house and does the circle of guns and it's just like I, what he lifts his controller and he's like, you got a gun. I thought it was, I thought it was really funny when they pepper sprayed him because it was so funny. So many people pepper spraying him for so long too. <laughs> I mean, they, they did it for like a good five seconds. He does like the no, why are you doing this to me? It's like yeah. one I mean, of his, them could have done it. Got it all his wrong. Face should have been like swollen and red, and his eyes like shut forever. It's and then they just and then they cuff him and watch the uh, the webcam and then they all cheer when the girl gets out of the uh, gets out of the basement. Wait, why is there a girl in the basement in a Home Alone movie? Wasn't isn't he supposed to be home alone? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this has bothered me too. There's a, it, they're not. <sighs> Kevin McAllister's not Home Alone in Home Alone Four either, and it also pisses me off. Yes, he's this character is not alone. Well, to be fair, he's not Home Alone in any of them except for the first one. That's true. He wasn't home at all in the second movie. Yeah, he was mm. in New York. <laughs> I, I understood the way this played out. So there's like a, an art safe bootleg. Uh, what's the word? Speakeasy in the yep. basement, <laughs> and the sister gets locked inside, and it's where the uh, the art thieves are gonna go. It seemed to me like the plot. Why doesn't he just run away? Because his sister's trapped in the basement, and he can't run away. So right. they explained that. They didn't explain yeah. why he couldn't call the police. Right, because in the first movie, Kevin spe- like specifically ruins his reputation with the police by like yeah. crying wolf and prank calling, so he couldn't call the police. Or I think he even tried, right? And they they, they like, show up and they're like, oh, there's nothing wrong here. This, this kid could have just called the police. Like, nothing's stopping you. I mean, I'm not like I'm kind of like surprised you didn't, considering this, you know, version of Kevin Callister Finn is like particularly extra scared. Like, doesn't like other kids, very reclusive, just wants to kind of hide out in his room. Um, so I was a little bit surprised that this same kid is like, all right, booby traps, real confident, gonna take on these uh these people invading my house, no problem. Yeah, a lot of this movie was contingent on him being very stupid, mm. like, consistently, and also maybe acting way younger than he looked or even was supposed to be, like, a lot of the time. I yeah, have no he, idea how old he was. I think he was supposed to be 11, if I recall. He was not nominated for an Oscar in 2012 for his performance. <laughs> Finn Baxter. 10-year-old. He was a 10-years-old. 10-year-old, okay. Oh, no. No, he wasn't. I mean, the actor was probably like 14, right? <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have a uh, Wikipedia page. No, but he does have social media, and uh, I'm, he's old enough for me to be comfortably saying this. He's very cute. I can confidently say that. He oh, was, my God. No, we, we, um, his birth date is on IMDb. But he can also change that information. So He's 20 years old. Uh, I'm a terrible year. person. He's just he has such a nice jawline. I'm sorry. I'll say it. <laughs> He's, I mean, so he was, he was 12 when he filmed this or 11. So right right around to the right thing. At least going by like the th- the cover of the movie, like he's specifically not a cute child. Like, no. Oh, man. That hair. That hair is horrible. Oh. <laughs> the hair is bad. Like the expressions he makes are very bad. It was 2012. You guys, no one looked good that year. <laughs> it's probably true. I just looked it up. The sister was in uh, Twilight. She was in oh. Eclipse. She was Brie Tanner. I don't know who that is because I haven't seen those, but I believe it. She had some angry teen energy. Well, yeah, she had to replace the like the she had to be Buzz and Megan all in one character, like mm-hmm. all the harassment. Um, and she actually didn't harass him too much. She just kind of ignored him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then she reads War and Peace. I thought she was going to like learn a lesson about like material goods or gifts because they were playing that up at the beginning and i was like oh this is why you're going to be in the film you're going to learn a lesson about how like family is more important than material possessions but then she just gets what she wants for christmas and doesn't learn any lessons i thought she would be yeah i thought she would like put down her new ipad she was like yeah an ipad then puts it down and then picks up war and peace so that she can finish reading it (laughs) like that would have been the proper lesson i don't know if we're quite in the era where she could have read war and peace on her tablet like there weren't services like that quite yet i don't think but that would have been good i would have liked that when was I, uh, the first Kindle? Fun fact. That uh, I remember. I remember when that uh, the guy who invented the Kindle came on Stephen Colbert, and then they made fun of him because he was like, 
it's like $200 for it and you still have to pay full price for the books. And then they were like, ha, 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 what an idiot. This will never sell. <laughs> well, the, the first Kindle was 2007 for $399. Yikes. Yes. So they well, did have book reading tablets in 2012. Yeah, I was a freshman in college and I would have bought one by that point. So I could read all my textbooks on it and didn't have to carry them around. Mm-hmm. Plus, you get them for free because of illegal ways of getting them. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm going to cut this part out. <laughs> oh, you're, you're going to oh, cut out your your theft of copyrighted materials? <laughs> Jim and I have talked about crimes we've committed on the first episode and the third episode. So whatever. <laughs> Just keep them in, Jim. <laughs> I kept in the one for the first episode. It's a comedy oh, podcast. No one can, you know, uh, mine has, it's not admissible in court. <laughs> mine, Only... mine went beyond the statutes of limitations. I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. So we, we touched on her briefly, but can we talk about the female burglar? Like, cause yeah. I have a lot of opinions about her. Like, about first Jessica. of all, like her entire character is being sad about being broken up with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Her, she has this ridiculous wig, which I was complaining about the entire movie, and I think only existed so that she could have that one spot gag where it got glued to look like reindeer antlers. Yep. Which I I laughed at uh, b- because of the editing for that. Because mm. Crabman from uh, My Name Is Earl goes. Rudolph, and they cut it off right before he finishes saying Rudolph. So it goes, Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they cut it so quick? And yeah, just, I don't know, she was not like a great actress. And Disagree. It's, like, it's when we got to the part where she was like stuck in the window and he was like slingshotting her ass. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's why they picked this actress, because they needed someone who was willing to put up with this specific treatment. I don't know. She's in a lot of good movies. Well, too. Wait, you don't think she got like a stunt ass for that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Also, her costume when they did break into the house at the end was, it's the year Avengers came out, and she yeah. was dressed in, like, bad Black Widow cosplay. Oh, yeah. She had a bright red wig and, like, a black catsuit bodysuit. Yeah, like, the most nylon pleather pants you've ever seen. I, I was actually thinking this the whole movie, and I'm, like, a little, like, iffy about admitting it, but, so, uh, you guys know Porn Stash, uh, the, the show where they in Philly where they watch a porn, like a weird porn and then make fun of it. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's Betty Smithonian and uh, Ralph and Drakio, right? Yeah. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Uh, but Ralph. the first time I saw them do that, they, they showed a, a fart porn where a woman wore like these exact same nylon pants and was just farting in them. And that's the, all I could think of every time really? she walked on screen. Yeah. <laughs> Butts are a big thing throughout these, this entire series, right? Like people either getting stapled in them or just like, you know, falling on them or hitting them, what have you. Um, her, it makes sense. Her butt as a surface, mm-hmm. like he's put what, what was he putting in his slingshot? Like golf balls? Mm. Not clear. Christmas ornaments? I don't know. I, th- oh, I thought they were Christmas ornaments, Christmas too, ornament. but I wasn't sure. I've never seen a Christmas ornament, so I don't know what they look like. <laughs> Not like right. that, honestly. He's <laughs> shooting them out of a slingshot at her at her butt while she's stuck in the window, which, first of all, I was disappointed because everything else is, like, string-operated and automatic, and this is him, like, manually doing the... It's not a trap. Yeah, because um, he only bought string at the store, uh, at the store <laughs> for like thirty cents. <laughs> and uh, but the the ornaments like get such bounce. Yeah, she she exercises. She got <laughs> she has a butt that you can bounce a quarter off of, mm-hmm. or a Christmas ornament. Yeah, that poor actress though, because I'm it might have been actually a stunt butt because 
they might not want to put the actress through that kind of pain because that had to hurt. Yeah, probably. I really hope they got that scene down in like one take. Yeah, that's that's not fun. <laughs> well, it wasn't a fake butt because we've seen the stuff they made that's fake, like the fake snow igloo and the fake snowman, which mm-hmm. were very obviously not snow. No. I'm going to go back and complain about real quick because you, you shortly mentioned it. Um, this kid goes into a hardware store. Yes. Gets mm-hmm. over $2,000 worth of merchandise up to the counter and then realizes that he, a small child, is not allowed to write a personal check to a grown adult. Oh, and then, I, oh, and then it's just like, I... oh, yeah, no, it's fine. What can I get for a dollar? You know, whatever. <laughs> That's like a 2004 joke. Yes. I, I would kill that kid. He uh, was also he was also prepared to fill out the check with a pencil, which bothered me. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice that. You're technically allowed, so. Yeah. You're allowed as long as you have the information on on it. It's you can write wise. it on anything. This is not a wise choice. Well, someone, yeah, someone could erase part of the pencil and write something else. Yes, that uh, Mike <laughs> is right. It is, <laughs> it is not a wise choice. It, it's the only unwise decision this character made the entire movie. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I was also watching as this was all going into his cart, and I was like, how the heck is he gonna get a, a chainsaw? They're gonna, they're gonna let this little kid buy a chainsaw. Oh yeah, is he gonna murder these people? <laughs> oh, it was to actually get her out of the thing. A chainsaw makes sense a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. I was trying to remember why he went to the hardware store, because it was before he found out about the robbers. It's because he went right when his sister got trapped in the basement. Right. Yeah. That reminds me. Did we ever find out what plan B was? Yes. It's what he did. What did he do? He pulled the, he, yes. uh, pulled the door lock from outside once ah. the robbers were in and locked the robbers into the vault when the sister was able to run out and escape. They did the door closing bit that I always love where the door closes for way too long. And like (laughs) you can like see it like it's open even wider like the next time they cut to it. And it just keeps like opening up more and more so that she can finally get through. It's like you're cutting all the tension in this scene. Also, the robbers, the robbers had gotten into the vault with the sister like 40 minutes ago. And we're just standing across the room from her having a casual chat. Oh, yeah. That scene had way too much, like, space between the actors where they would have just, like, immediately converged on her. Like, it was, like, we don't know how to play this scene. It should be over in a second. So we're just going to stand far away from each other. That painting was worth $85 million. What painting <laughs> is worth $85 million? Definitely I'm sorry not that, that, that just one. jumped well, in my head. Dude, I mean, it's it's by the same guy. that This is a point I actually wanted to bring up. It's by the same guy who did the scream, right? <laughs> Um, Edward Except or Edward, he was way Edward worse a painter. Yeah. Um, sorry, what was his name again, Jim? <laughs> Edward Munch. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, they chose an artist and referenced a painting where the art, like the subject of the painting, is doing the Kevin Mist- like McAllister face. Yeah. Like, so there are probably twenty to thirty f- different paintings that have sold for eighty-five million dollars or more. The really? Scream sold for a hundred twenty million really? in two thousand twelve. Oh, that's why they picked it. Uh, no, not like be- I know it's because they picked it because of the scream and uh, but that's why they picked Edward Munch. Like, right. oh, they picked money. it for that. They picked it because they made a joke at the end. Yeah, I I meant that's why they picked that much money because they were yeah. like, oh, the scream just sold for up for about that much. We can't oversell the scream with this honestly shitty painting of just some people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, a whole bunch more movie uh, films have sold for more than eighty-five million when you adjust for inflation. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty common expensive film price. Expensive. What, what are we? What are we talking about? <laughs> yes, this movie, Home Alone Five, 
sells for eighty-five million dollars. <laughs> well, how much did was how much did it cost to make? I looked up Home Alone: The Holiday Heist fa- Fun Facts, and it, it's just a page, and you open it up, it just says no. <laughs> <laughs> I also went to the fun facts to like see if the, to like see if there's something, and they were like, "This is the first Home Alone movie with a black guy in it." It's like this is not; these aren't facts. <laughs> Technically, they is are. That a, God, is that like what? Wait, is that true? This poor guy is the first black character in a Home Alone film. He's he's the first black villain. And oddly enough, it's Eddie Steeples from, and if you listen to our fourth episode, it we talked somehow about My Name is Earl for a fair amount of time. Uh, and coincidentally, here he is in, in the fifth installment. That's actually why we talked about it in the last episode was because oh, really? he's, cause Ross was like, yeah, Crab Man's in it. I was like, oh my God, it is Crab Man. Look at that. Any issues with him, I think, come down to writing and directing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and oh, yeah. he did the best he could. Eating he those kept, cookies. Kept eating the cookies. Also, you've got like an hour to get ready and you bake a whole ass tray of, of gingerbread cookies. Like, they take a while. Mm-hmm. Also, he cut them out way too thick. Just a baking complaint. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> he wasn't making real cookies. He was making trap cookies. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the trap cookie deal, right? Because I don't even know what he put in the actual cookie. What was know. it? It just tasted oh, bad? I was like chalky. I my teeth at this point, so... Mm. I wasn't and then, paying attention. And then instead of milk, was it paint? I was glue. trying to figure out. It was glue. Ooh, yeah. gross. Uh, which makes sense for the feathery face of uh, a new Now, how did he do that? Right? So the guy like ate bad cookie, and then he mm-hmm. tried to drink the milk, which was glue, and then he went to the sink to try to get water. But mm-hmm. when he turned the sink, it blew cotton balls onto his face. So yeah. he stuffed cotton balls into the garbage disposal. I don't know how he made the faucet turn on the garbage disposal, since that's an electrical switch and could not be like crosswired into a water switch, but <laughs> water string mic. <laughs> oh, string, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I thought it was weird that it took us to get to the point where we did a Christmassy trap, right? Like a whole bunch did, of Christmassy tra- traps. Like I'm, I know they had like the uh, the Christmas balls, but like this was the first time that they turned them into Christmas things. Like he made her look like. Rudolph, although I feel like that was just an act, like a coincidence, and then and he made him look like Santa, and then he made Michael McD- Malcolm McDowell uh, look like a present. What's, <laughs> what's rude is that they did it during the one movie where they specified it's just holiday, it's a holiday heist, like, and, and they just went all out Christmas on this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, this movie, like, compared at least to the first two, I haven't seen three or four, or at least I don't remember seeing them. It's, like, so specifically, this is, like, an ABC Family Christmas special, not a movie that takes place at Christmas. The, like, if they if they digitally edited out the father and just made the mom meet somebody, like, in the country after leaving her city life, I'd be like, yeah, this is a Hallmark Christmas movie. Uh, can we talk about the parents? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we... Uh, <laughs> I loved the dad who was Henry Rollins playing Jason Bateman. Oh my God, I wrote that down too. I wrote that. I, I well, number one, that totally could be Jason Bateman. Number two, I wrote, I would fuck Jason Bateman. I had that thought immediately <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I like that those were the two silence. Those were the thoughts. You were like, huh, he's kind of like Jason Bateman. I'd fuck Jason Bateman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna watch Arrested Development. There was barely a, a like a, a a millisecond between those two thoughts in my brain. That's where I'm at. 
I could see that my thought process was much different in that mine was like, he's acting like Jason Bateman. He looks like Henry Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a hard time with Corny Dad. Um, yeah. I mean, but that's kind of what they do. They Peter McAllister's always kind of been like the who cares? Like he could be anybody. Um, never really had much of a. Of he a could be this guy. Yeah, yeah, dads don't count in these movies. Well, you you mentioned it earlier, and I think it was before we were recording. But like, I I wrote down too the Did you get an invitation to Hogwarts or something? Like, what a great what a great line from a How dad. Topical, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, this was written by some parents that asked their kids for some references, uh, and they were oh, like, I don't know, it has that, it has that Harry feeling. Potter. Um, I also liked. When the parents were going to go, they're, like, mad at the kids for doing video games and whatever the daughter was doing because she has no friends. Uh, she was listening to <laughs> uh, the Henry Rollins band. Um, they're like, we're going to and we're gonna take your phone. No phone. And they're like, you're going to leave us without a phone in our home? What if there's an emergency? So they left the phone. And the dad was like, honey, you really shouldn't do that. They really need a phone for emergency purposes. She's just like, shut up! Okay, here's your phone back. <laughs> I also wrote down that those rules that she gave were extremely unenforceable. Yes. <laughs> they could have ignored all of them very easily. I, I have some rules. Don't watch TV. Got it. Turn on the TV immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. It wasn't well, 2020. I, they couldn't log what was happening with the TV. Um, they, it was 2012. <laughs> you have to feel for these parents because they went. the Christmas party they went to was pretty bad. I mean, there's a lot of uh, alcoholic eggnog, which is good. I can have maybe one glass before I'm like, no. <laughs> it's very heavy. There's no also more. Ed. There was also Ed Asner uh, not knowing how to use a microphone for some reason. Uh, <laughs> he's just holding. He's holding it like out to them, and you can still hear him over the speakers because they were like. But, but I feel like Ed Asner just in his head was like, this will be a funny joke if I just never use the microphone the correct way. I almost I, wonder if so miserable about being in this movie like he wasn't supposed to be the drunk boss he was just supposed to be the boss but he just kept showing up to set drunk so they ran with it it's like i can't believe i gotta be in this fucking movie after my whole career it's like super mario brothers (laughs) yeah yeah no offense to ed asner who is you know good but he is he he is not even near the top of my list in terms of ranking performances in this film (laughs) sorry he was outclassed by the nine-year-old that played snow kid Mm mm-hmm yeah, no, that's totally. I mean, is that your? Is that who you think was top dog actor in this oh, entire yeah. movie? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Was did he perform better or worse than the country's top real bearded Santas? They didn't have any lines. <laughs> what were they there for? They were uh, serving out the alcoholic yeah. eggnog. Yeah, they were just going around getting oh, all their Santa yeah. beards all over the plates. I have a feeling that that's one of Ed's things. Like he likes having Santa around, you know, Ooh. serving him. But that's just Spotty. me. I think I just, maybe that's more about Kai you're learning about on this podcast. <laughs> no. I Kai felt has like a Santa fetish. Okay, great. Well, just taking notes. Um, I, it's honestly <laughs> the world's ending. I'm just exploring what's out there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was weird that like the orders that the elves were carrying around were like way overdone. Like these are things that someone's just supposed to like pop in your mouth, and they were like a full reindeer with like cocktail weenies and like bread yeah, and some, other some, things too. Some poor intern had to cobble these things together just to respond to one pun in the script. They made what was it reindeer sin blankets? Yeah, yeah. That's not a pun. 
<laughs> yeah, that's not clever. <laughs> it's not, actually. <laughs> Wait, hang on. We need to figure out what kind of joke that is. I know it's not a good joke, but... <laughs> I think that's what kind of joke it is. It's not a good it's joke. It's like a it was a visual gag yeah. when you see the when you see it on a plate. Okay. It, yeah. it, if it was a punchline to a joke, it would be a bad joke. Like uh what do you get when you cross a sausage roll with prancer? Reindeer in a blanket. Reindeer in a blanket. Yeah. Mm. So feel- much like the rest of the jokes in this movie, it reads <laughs> like a 5-year-old's joke book they got on bargain from Barnes and Noble. Yes. Um, and then the mom has her great moment where they're like snowed in at the at the party and she suspects because the her daughter's not picking up the phone that something's wrong. And he's like, well, the roads aren't going to be cleared for three weeks. And she gives this whole speech like you need to clear the roads. And I don't care if you fire me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you're not at work. <laughs> No, but this is her big, like, Oscar-winning moment, and I love it because it, it parallels to when Catherine O'Hara is in the airport, um, oh and it's just the, God. I will I will do whatever it takes to get to my small child. Um, I, I, forgot Kath, I forgot Catherine O'Hara is in the first one, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was getting off-brand Catherine O'Hara vibes from um, the female crook. They do their best mm. to try to replace Catherine O'Hara's energy or just like, you know, mom, just momness, you know, and just whatever. You can't in anything. You cannot replace Catherine O'Hara. You just can't. Is that what happened? The crook was wearing one of Moira's wigs from Shit's Creek? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. A lot of shit. I'm noticing a lot of Shit's Creek talking about uh, <laughs> every single movie we've watched. Someone's been like. Catherine O'Hara is in Shit's Creek. <laughs> well, that's what I she's don't in know right much now. more about her. <laughs> uh, she was also in God, I don't know. I've never Beetlejuice. Watched. Is that true? Yes. yes. Yeah. She's the uh, she's the one woman. Her and Alec uh, Alec Rickman, um, Alan Rickman. No, I'm just kidding. Alec, no, it's Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> but that she's not the uh, she's not the uh, the dead lady in that movie. That's is that Gina Davis? I'm not gonna yeah. say yes or no because I can't. I call. think so. <laughs> All right, we are going to sneak in just a very organic Beetlejuice joke somewhere before the end of the podcast. No, it's okay. fine. You go right ahead. Oh, so that um, he shows up. Well, so that we know other to demonstrate we know other things about Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and also some someday like someone might listen to this, and it's been more than a couple of weeks since the release of the final season of Shit's Creek, and those might be dated references, but Beetlejuice references never dated. She was also in Best in Show, which also aged very well. No dogs in this film. Come to think of it, no dogs in any of them. I feel like Home Alone is like the one like popular movie from that specific era that didn't get an awkward Saturday morning cartoon adaption. Okay, so fun, yeah, ahead, Jim. <laughs> fun fact. The fourth one was actually a pilot for a TV series that never got picked up because it's god-awful. <laughs> Good. Because I remember Macaulay Culkin as, like, in the animated Wish Kid. Like, that got a Saturday morning cartoon for no reason. Uh, There was, like, Problem Child got one. Beetlejuice got one. Ace Ventura got one. But not this this franchise. The other weird thing I'm now putting together about this movie, the whole first half of the movie is about how this kid is a total scaredy cat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he won't go into a basement. He's afraid of ghosts. And in the second half of the movie, he is just raining punishment down on these people who i'm gonna say they've done nothing wrong (laughs) i mean they're trying to steal a painting back that in all honesty he kind of deserves 
Right. No like, one even knew it was there. Right. He could have tried asking for it. He didn't try. Well, are, they were wanted in many places, right? I just want to know. We never find out what for, right? Oh, so, I no, mean, like. They're, they're thieves. Uh, because they, at the beginning, they're like, we're a gang of thieves. Hey, what's up, us? Uh, what's the new job? Oh, right, we're going to break into a house? Got it. We got to put up with this guy because you had sex with our previous uh, safe cracker and he went away. I liked the scene where George Clooney cameoed and helped them with their plan for the heist. Oh, so good. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was an Ocean's Eleven reference. Uh, That's another series of films, you two. Oh, that we'll do it. It's on the list. Yeah. We'll get oh, there's four, four now. I haven't seen the fourth one, yeah. I haven't either, but I heard it's not great. A film franchise that counts 11, 12, 13, 8. <laughs> And then when they do a home, uh, no, when they do the seventh one, they're actually gonna cross over with the seventh Home Alone, uh, and he's actually gonna own a casino <laughs> that people are trying to break into. Well, I wrote down on my notes that Home Alone is like the final destination of children's <laughs> films because like the the villains walk into these traps and you know something's gonna happen to them. But I think it's actually Saw. We have talked about this. Oh, you've done that. It's totally saw. Yeah, no, 100%. He is, uh, in the very first episode, we talked about how Kevin McAllister traveled through time to become the Saul guy. Jigsaw. <laughs> yeah, Believe Jigsaw. It. Because of Elvis. There was, a lot, there was a lot that went into that. You're just going to have to listen to that episode. Okay, we'll listen to it. <laughs> I'm glad I, I set you up for that. No, I appreciate it, that. It's very Saul-like, though, all of them. <laughs> Especially how, like sociopathic he is especially yes. in this one like because he goes down to the uh he goes down to talk to his sister and his sister's like okay now call the police he's like don't worry i got it i'm torturing them and she's like wait what and he's like gotta go <laughs> <laughs> and he has so many opportunities where he has like successfully prevented them from like climbing in a window mm-hmm. where it, he like leaves the window to his bedroom open to lure the guy in so he can torment him rather than just like closing the window and securing it while he tries to get his sister out of the basement right leave less like options for them to get into your house that's like streamline their access that seems like a reasonable decision well it's it's a pretty big tower defense thing Mm. it's like the low-hanging fruit right like they could do any windows but if he leaves three of them open and booby traps those windows those are the ones they'll try i guess a better movie with less of a home alone feeling is one where he decides the only way to get his his sister out of the basement is these art thieves who know how to open the safe. And so he can't keep them away, but he has to get them to let his sister out. Mm. I was actually, I was thinking about that the whole time. I'm like, well, obviously they're going to open up the safe because like, they're the only ones that know how to open it. And like, in my head, I was like, he should ask them for help. But, but no, he thinks that the ghost opened it, which I, sorry to go back to that. But when they were going down to the basement and they see that like, it's when it's after they broke in for the first time and they went down to the basement and then they got out of the house. They see that his like trap was broken and the dad was like, oh, man, a ghost must have been down there. Not <laughs> the obvious conclusion that someone obviously broke into your house. <laughs> your, soul, your son saw someone moving around in the house. A trap had been broken and two cookies were eaten and two cookies were eaten. Someone broke into the house. <laughs> right. I honestly think the, the cookies eaten thing was way too. It was brushed over very quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one uh, had any opportunity to eat the cookies. Like, 
So something I actually really liked, speaking of the cookies, is that when uh, my name is Earl, uh, dude, um, Mr. Hughes, I think is what his name is in this movie. Uh, he is getting like when he when he gets into the garage and he's having all of those little tiny balls like chucked at him uh, mm. because that was actually really great. He rigged uh, it so the snowblower would chuck these balls at his face. I don't know if y'all caught this, but be, you know around him there was a silhouette that looked exactly yeah, a gingerbread like a gingerbread man. cookie yeah. and it was so good i love that they <laughs> did that i thought that was such a smooth move for the uh the, you know the cookie eater of the movie i thought it was dumb because that's not the shape his body is <laughs> no no by no means <laughs> what do you mean he's got a big giant round head and then mm-hmm. other things no fingers yeah uh i did uh, they also later on had another silhouette when malcolm mcdowell gets all the uh the paint thrown at him and they show behind him a silhouette of a gingerbread man i was like what is with them in these silhouettes like what is the joke here my favorite part of the scene where he gets hit by the paint is when it's so clearly a double getting hit by the paint like so (laughs) obviously and then he comes back in with this super fake paint on his coat that like was just applied like it's tape that got cut out in the shape of paint dead leg (laughs) (laughs) not a good movie you guys wait what i'm sorry i'm sorry to bring this up i think we all firmly said at the beginning of this this is our favorite movie ever (laughs) i honestly just like i just want to ask how you guys doing let's do that how are you (laughs) like i want to talk about so many other things in Uh, our personal timeline where we're like i don't know we're in some kind of hellscape the past few however it is yeah this Mm -hmm. is a nice escape this is a simpler time 2012 yeah Eight years ago, 2012 was not the end of the world, except in that movie of the same name. Well, we either had hope or change. I can't remember what Obama was running on, but we had a lot of that going on at the time. So that was nice. It was mm-hmm. both. He was ran both. on both. Yeah. He he ran on a platform of we need change. And then his uh, his posters all said hope on them. Mm-hmm. Ironically, uh, there is now a shortage of change. That is ironic. Like physical coins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Mike was so proud of you for using the proper uses of ironic. <laughs> he was like, oh, my God, <laughs> that is irony. Oh, well, sorry. It's not, of irony. I'm pretty sure it's not a political joke if it's a pun. This podcast is slowly becoming more puns every single episode. <laughs> it's fine. Are we becoming a pun podcast? A pun cast? I mean, the last, ep- I've, I don't know, one of the two episodes recently, it's my fault for making a couple bad ones, but I can't help myself. Um, all right, I, I got to know, what are some of the, the lines uh, that were worth writing down that really got you in terms of some of the, write the writing? I that many down, but apparently the moms shouted, I will ruin you? Or is that, <laughs> is that a paraphrase? No, that's it. really said that. Um, let's see. There was one fun part where, uh, what's his name? The white-haired guy? Uh, Malcolm uh, McDowell. Yeah, he was like, and then we'll strike. Like, delivers the line super flat and then gets this really dramatic, very digital zoom. And I was like, that that wasn't the moment you were trying to manufacture it to be. No. I really like uh, when they're in the basement and they're, and he goes, another kid? He says something like, that's going to be kids coming out of the walls. And then Crabman goes, there's kids coming out of the walls? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about, Crabman? <laughs> What poor line did they write for you today? Yeah, everyone thinks there's a ghost. Um, no, I'm sorry. You know what the best line in the whole movie is? Speaking yeah. of ghosts. <laughs> yeah, that. No, when he goes, um, <laughs> the kid, Finn, he says, he says to the college kid, 
do you believe in ghosts? And he just goes, I believe this plane of existence has many mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that dude was great. I do. I really like that character. Oh, Thank man. you. Yeah. When there's this whole misunderstanding where not Kevin is explaining to college kid his predicament and college kid thinks he's talking about a video game. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and like, then- that game sounds so cool. Well, I mean, he was giving him really good advice. I wrote this down. It was uh, like he, once he thinks it's a game, he's like, well, to win, you need to trap and, and uh, what is it? There's a tower defense and you got to set up a perimeter. Uh, Thank you so much. Like a stagger. You have to stagger your defenses. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you do speech to text in your phone and then it just ends up saying words that aren't what happened uh, to really win. You need traps that deploy on their own. No, that makes total sense. That's exactly what he said. And then he goes, yeah, like pulse grenades. He goes, now you get my secret, kid. Well, Kevin, I could tell you every single line that guy said. Because I was that guy then. <laughs> Finn said something really nice. So th- this time around, in other movies, there's usually like an old character that he has like some sort of resolve and like kind of learns something from, you know, has like some sort of heartfelt moment. But in this movie is with this, you know, kind of whatever, not college dude, your average college, you know, gamer dude. And he's just like, you know, my dad says, you need to get out of the house in a while, buddy. And enjoy the real world. It's the best game there is. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so sweet. But also such a dad statement. There's also this thing about how they're going to go camping together, even though no, neither of them wants to. <laughs> they do both have like a, I guess I thought you meant, camping together. I thought you meant him and the college kid. I was like, it's already weird enough they're playing video games with <laughs> no, him regularly. No, him and yeah. his dad. Him and his dad. Let's go camping, too. Jesus. Uh, oh, uh, the, the other, my other favorite gag with the father was him being mistaken for a butler mm-hmm. of wealthy drunk Ed Asner because he's wearing a tie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did like that. He goes, uh, the, he's like, I'm not the butler. So he takes off his tie to prove that he's not the butler. <laughs> <laughs> like as if butlers can, first of all, only butlers wear ties. And second of all, they can't take them off. I <laughs> um, can't, their heads will fall off. <laughs> oh, like that little, uh, that horror book. That I had as a kid that I don't think anyone else did. <laughs> yeah, that one. That's what I was referencing. The girl with the green ribbon. Oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no um, one's heard of this? We also. I also have to say this movie has three of the worst montages I've ever seen in a film. I, the, I, I feel like I know which ones you're going to talk about. But yeah, There's, bring, like, bring him having fun when his parents aren't there and just doing like jumping on the furniture. It's really dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's him setting up the traps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the credits are intercut with just replays of what they clearly thought were the funniest move- moments in the film, which is mostly traps, but also a couple of other random, like the father doing uh, snow blowing or whatever at the beginning. Yeah, because yeah. usually that ha- like usually when they do those kind of things where it's just clips from the movie, it'll be of like that person that played the part, and they'll be like. <laughs> Ed Asner, and then it like zoom in on his face and say Ed Asner as the the drunk guy. But that's about it. But this one, they were just like this the best boy. Here's a clip of Malcolm McDowell getting hit with paint. I didn't know what kind of editing, like what to call it, and you know when you were talking about when he was getting all the pranks ready, because it 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 did bother me too. Like it was just him in multiple positions and like slowly panning to each timeline version of him i don't even know how you say that yeah he was in the same shot multiple times right it was like he was a clone they did that shot pretty well like they did it competently right it's just not great (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I'll there, take that over the the third movie where there's edits that really feel like someone just did it on their computer, like with like iMovie, like where it's just like all of a sudden like the with a little like spinning clock uh, wise uh, like swirl edit. I don't know. It, it drives me nuts. I I was like, well, this shouldn't be on a major motion picture. While we're talking about the uh, the montages, there was also uh in the the scene where he's like, I'm having fun without my parents here montage, which is clearly like echoing the first movie. Yeah. Like where he's like shaving and then he does the aftershave and it's like they subverted our expectations. It didn't hurt. It's like he also actually shaved his face. (laughs) He also did the thing where he put he put his hands on his face to do the scream face and Mm -hmm. then he doesn't do the scream. And I was like, oh, what a letdown. And then later on, they're like, yeah. 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 And then later on, they're like, "Okay, so they all did it because they were talking about the painting. Mm -hmm. They're not going to no one's going to scream in this movie, I guess. Cool. Whatever. It's not like it's the most famous thing from that movie. <laughs> the, the interesting thing to me, like I went and I read a bunch of the comments on IMDb. People mostly do not like this movie or they, <laughs> they do not rate it highly on IMDb. Um, with the exception of one person that gave it a 10 out of 10. It was like, I've watched this many times. <laughs> but you know who that is? It's Snowkid. It's probably Snowkid. Yeah. <laughs> Snowkid fucking loves this movie. But there's like the people that loved the Home Alone series, and they're like, "Oh, a new Home Alone series is movie number five. It's gonna be great." I no. I'm still trying to put myself in the headspace of someone who comments on IMDb. Well, I mean, it's men. I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it totally is. <laughs> I was gonna say I rate every movie I've ever seen on IMDb to keep track of what I've what I've seen. There was literally like a study about like men rating films on IMDb and women rating films and how it skews the ratings. Yes, they well they show that you can actually look that on uh you can look that up on IMDb like you can see the breakdown of uh who voted what for what. So let's see what people thought of this one. Uh. 662 people gave it 10 stars. What? First of all, 10 stars. Why is it not 1 to 5? That's a lot of stars. Second of all, <laughs> who rated this 10 stars? Uh, well, I can't tell I can't tell that, but men gave this movie 3.4 out of 10 stars and females gave it 4.2. This is a, just an, another reason to try to move past these notions of gender. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, no, I'm with that. I just realized as I said that I said men and females. <laughs> I recognize is a weird was weird. Okay, guys, yep, I read. Yep. I was gonna see if you're gonna re-edit that. No, <laughs> I, like, I read. If... I said men because I was like scrolling down, and then I read the word females, and then okay. I was like, why did I say it like that? <laughs> it's arguably one of my least favorite like words out of a man's mouth. <laughs> females. <laughs> I'm just like, Hold... oh no. Hold the phone. <laughs> is there a Home Alone reboot in the works? Yes, there is. Um, yep. What? And then Aaron from The Office is going to be the mom. Who's the kid? Um, Kemper. What's her name? Ellie Kemper? Annie yeah. Kemper? Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah, Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Oh. She's going to be she's gonna be rocking the uh, trying to fill um, Catherine O'Hara's shoes once again. Can I make some predictions for mm-hmm. the reboot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Traps activated by Alexa. <gasps> oh my gosh! Every time okay. someone talked to the talked to the sister in this and called her Alexis, I was ex- I thought they were talking to Alexa. <laughs> Sorry, Alexa I just had... has just ruined that name for you. <laughs> um, 
very short cameo by Macaulay Culkin. It will be the third best Home Alone film ever made. I, I think that's fair. Honestly, with with having just recently watched all of them, <laughs> I, yeah, I could see that being the third. I, I think that's where the ranking would go. This, could they, uh, okay. could they have Catherine O'Hara be the, the grandmother or like the senior person who doesn't have any friends character? Oh, that would work. I mean, they have the dad do it. The guy that kind of looks like Bruce Willis. <laughs> I found, I think this is sarcastic, but I found a 10 star review on IMDb for this. Uh, movie. That's, that must be the one I saw. I don't think there's many. Did you, I was going to say, did you, the greatest Hollywood film of all time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that says, whoa. I mean, every word of that statement, this is the greatest Hollywood film in all of existence. It's festive, suspenseful, shocking, and funny. All things that add up to a spectacular movie filled with fun for the whole family. It may be flawed, but is it any good movie? This movie no. is on par with the works of Citizen Kane and The Godfather. So take it for <laughs> what it is, the greatest holiday film of all time. No. Okay, that's how you know that, that that part at the end really hammers in <laughs> that it's fake. Yeah. yeah, this is definitely a troll. <laughs> or someone who was in the movie. Another oh. one says, people judge this movie like <laughs> like it has pretended to be a masterpiece. It's just a nice and lovely family comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this next one to me also has got to be fake, right? I couldn't decide if this is better than Home Alone 4, as they are almost equally amazing. Great acting <laughs> characters. The Home Alone series started getting good after the first two that were complete failures. <laughs> God. This is a must watch. <laughs> Four out of nineteen people felt that found that helpful. What weirdos? Mm. Even if they're fake, what weirdos? People got time. People got time on their hands. One of the frequently asked questions is, why is Sinclair so hot to get that painting? What? <laughs> what nineteen twenty banker wrote yeah. that? It's eighty five million dollars. Outside the fact that with $85 million, the widow pictured in the picture was his grandmother, Gigi. Sinclair considers the painting to be his family's brush with greatness immortalized. Also, like, his plan made no sense because he clearly just wanted the painting back because it belonged to his family. But he was still promising everyone, like, a cut. I, but it I didn't seem like he was going to sell it. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, No, because they say that. Right. This review like, is a 6 out of 10 star review, and they're... Um, summary slash title is it's more of a kid's movie than adult's movie as some really child's moment even kids may find a bit silly it's it's more of a kid's movie than an adult's movie (laughs) this kid's movie is for kids (laughs) yeah it's not like huck finn where like where it's like oh it's got a kid and it must be a kid's book and then you read it and you're like this is an adult book i would say the first two particularly are definitely like you know what it's probably just because i watched them with my family but i do think that they're not specifically just a kid's film um, I don't know. When I think about Home Alone one particularly, um, yeah, I don't know. To me, I, and actually no, and also too, being in New York, like I could see. I mean, I'm an adult now, and I watch them, and I'm like, okay, cool. This movie's still good for me. I it hold both of those still hold up for me. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, um, your rankings, your your power rankings, because you've just watched all five films. We have right. not. Oh, it's very easy. Uh, I think it's I think it's one, two, three, five, four. You That's could. A- yeah. You could reverse two and one. Uh, they're pretty equal in my mind. But yeah. Oh no, go... four was worse than this. Yeah, <laughs> oh, four is real bad. <laughs> I think it ends up being number one for me just because of nostalgia. Um, because it was such a quotable movie for my family. Um, yeah. I, 
I do feel like two almost got more play on TV, like Sequels over the are years. Cheaper. Ghostbusters so. two airs a lot more on Comedy Central than Ghostbusters one does. It's cheaper well, it's, to air the sequel. Well, Ghostbusters one was a real serious film, and Ghostbusters two is a comedy. There's actually a line in the movie where Jessica uh, <laughs> references uh, Ghostbusters and says, "I ain't afraid of no ghost." Oh. Anyone else catch that? Yes. Yes. No. That did make I, me happy. I, I would probably knocked out at that point. <laughs> we watched. We watched with Bill Murray, so he pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Honestly, based on how cool that guy seems, like, and just goes to parties, you'd be like, hey, Bill, we're watching Home Alone 5. <laughs> just put it on Twitter and see if he shows up. <laughs> you want to come hang out? So it's it's getting to be about wrap-up time. Uh, does anyone have any uh, leftover notes that they wanted to talk about? Oh, yes. Yes, the very last thing in the movie which is um, not Kevin goes out to play with Snow Kid. Because he's like learned his lesson or whatnot, and they're like they're running around with their snowboards and they're throwing snowballs at each other. And mom takes out the camcorder and records them stealthily from inside the window. Creepy. Yeah, I felt creepy about it as well. Yeah. <laughs> the camcorder that's also from like 1995. Yeah. Go outside with your iPhone. Identify yourself so they know you're recording a video. Let them like smile into the camera. Yeah, I don't really want to watch my home movies and be like, I think my parents were going to murder me at one point, and they just never went through with it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they just, it's just footage of years of you just kind of just creepishly hanging behind doors and shit. Mom, I didn't know you were at my soccer game. Oh, well, the best viewpoint to, to record was from up in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> I was there at every game with my camcorder. Oh, my God. All right, oh. Mom. Not weird at all. You're my mom, and that's what you do. I thought I would have loved it if it ended like the end mark. <laughs> and then she takes off her head and she's actually a ghost the whole time perfect now the character that I think was actually a ghost the whole time Ed Asner's up there he was mm-hmm. a Christmas ghost on an X-Files episode so he could oh, be like the ghost of Christmas present he had that jovial energy to him um I like the idea of the dad and every single one not truly existing um and that they it's just always constantly just, just <laughs> even manifested though, <laughs> in his mind even snow though kid could also one. be a ghost oh yeah snow kid definitely is a ghost <laughs> there you there you go the sister is a good option uh the the Santa, the best santa claus in maine <laughs> that's a pretty good option um the left, the note I had that I, I I didn't say was when he sets up the very first trap to get his dad, mm-hmm. uh, when he thinks his dad is the ghost, it's a stun gun and a blanket. Yeah. And uh, his and it, there's so much string around the room, which was funny. And then his dad goes, stun guns in a tent? Why'd you use these? And he goes, I had to rule out vampires and zombies. <laughs> What vampires and zombies are murdered by stun guns and tents? That's not a staple in either of those. <laughs> yeah, you know, vampires and their classic weakness, tents. Yeah, and zombies <laughs> and stun guns. We all this know it. This kid stun gunned his dad and wasn't even grounded for it. Yeah, right? that's fine. He had a weapon in his possession and his parents didn't even like, they're like, mm, you shouldn't have that. Yeah, the next day and they let him stay home alone and play video games while they go to a boring <laughs> party. Which um, there were no children at. They promised children at that party. There were no children. I saw like one. There were like two, yeah, in like the corner being sad. 
I mean, isn't that kind of like every Christmas party you went to as a kid? Wasn't oh, that yeah. just kind of you and like three snotty kids that were either like way too old or way too young, and you're like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you go and play in one of their, you go and play in the uh, the one kid's room, and then you're just in there alone, and then like a relative comes in and is like, hey, a child, and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our video performance of the, of the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. I'll <laughs> leave the to be there. <laughs> so the one note I had that I, we didn't get to, and it, maybe one of you like caught what made this make any sense or know something about War and Peace. I don't know, but so the sister was sitting like alone in the the speakeasy vault. What you know, whatever, and she couldn't hear, like she wasn't interfering or hearing anything what was going on outside. But she was sitting there reading War and Peace, and she just looks up and it's like quizzical, like art thieves. And she looks at the painting and then shrugs and goes back to her book. And I'm like, are there art thieves? There are in not. War and Peace. There <laughs> like, are definitely not. Uh, I I've read that book, and she, first of all, she books it through that book. She gets like a hundred pages in in like 15 minutes. <laughs> Just like going, oh my god, this is so good. Which, uh, in her defense, the first like hundred pages are like they are kind of like a teenage drama, mm-hmm. which is very, it, which is very interesting. It's very good. Everyone should read uh, War and Peace, except don't read the second epilogue because it's just a bunch of essays on war. Mm. That's the war part. The rest is all peace. <laughs> well, they actually, it, it goes back and forth between War and Peace. I'm talking about War and Peace too much. We're talking about Home Alone no, 5. No. I, I think, just a comment real quick, I think the reason why she can be such a, a decent speed reader is that I think, and maybe I'm wrong, I, I got a cell phone in ninth grade, uh, but I would imagine like just constantly scrolling and reading stuff on your phone, that's got to probably help us become better speed readers. Yes? No? Maybe? <laughs> I don't read off. She's not really reading real words on her phone. Yeah, that's true. She's just looking at her MySpace. L M F A O. Oh, she had like a lime green MySpace going on at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Right. Ugh, that doesn't make any sense. It was 2012. We weren't using MySpace at that time. We were all on Facebook at that point. Kai, did you have leftover notes? I just had a line from College Dude that made me happy, which was just like, if you need any help, I'll be on the line for like the next eight to ten years probably. Which means he's getting offline around now. Oh, oh. geez, yeah. Good right, for him. Get him. He's getting yeah. out there. <laughs> he's going to be getting offline somewhere between now and two years from now. I'm happy for him. Getting his life together. We're doing it at about the same time. I got a podcast now. Look at me. Yeah, speaking of that, Kai, uh, <laughs> Noah and Mike, do you guys have anything you want to you guys want to promote? <laughs> um, Michael, do you have anything you want to promote? No, no, plug the podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, okay. together together we have a podcast um dying message the detective anime mystery podcast so we watch mystery and detective anime but we bring in all sorts of guests uh for each one mystery guests mostly friends but not always friends and um (laughs) so it's very accessible to jump in and check it out as funny is it funny i've I've listened to it it's very funny uh i listened to like the first like five episodes you guys are very funny, and so are your guests. I'll, I'm, I, I gotta tell those five people that they've got a fan in Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're friends, sometimes they're not. As you recently asked us if we're interested in joining your podcast. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, like, just check yourself. We guys. occasionally sometimes... get to have guests that aren't just people we know. Right. Is what we're saying. Like people were people, yeah, you know, acquaintances, 
I absolutely thought about doing that. Uh, we thought about like texting out random numbers or emails just to be like, hey, do you want to come be in a podcast? Um, I think we talked about that briefly during yeah. the first episode as a joke. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're gonna do it, but there's a part of me that like wants to just like get uh, opinions, be like, hey, do you have any opinions on Home Alone three? Just to see who responds, you know? Like, I'll do that for the Tremors movies. I'll see if I can get some random responses back from like random phone numbers. Next and time, a special guest. Ron, <laughs> I do want to plug the, that there's a new Tremors movie apparently coming out on Netflix, which yeah. looks mm-hmm. weird. Um, but you know what you should do? Right now it's politics season, and we're all getting texts and phone calls from strangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet uh, just respond. Hey, you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> Actually, I got one while we were doing this, and I'm just gonna text them right now because they were asking me about if I voted or not. I'm just gonna be like, I'll tell you my answer if you tell me at least a few opinions on Tremors one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. He, oh, we should have a segment called uh, Ideas from the the Voting People. <laughs> Quick, you only have a few days left to get that segment filled in. Oh, <laughs> Tremors? Build up a backlog. I, Tremors is like a deep nostalgia movie for me, so I, I can, if, if you, I'll, I'll text you and ask you, to remind you to vote. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And if, oh, you ever, so, if you ever decide to watch a series of weird anime films, you can call me and we'll be set. Oh, it's <laughs> going to be stick girl. Well, thank you, guys. Thank yeah, you so much, so much for being here. And thank you for listening. So we're going to we're gonna go away now. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's how it works. Bye. 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 <laughs>